Hello and welcome to In Review. It's our 16th uh, show, uh, and it's a show where two pairs battle it out to claim as many points as possible. They use their argumentative skill, they use their wit, and I hope they use their knowledge. Uh, today I'll put the intro a bit later on, just to sort of get the feel of the show, and then uh, after this little bit we'll hear what the show is about, sort of the satirical side of it. Uh, but the four people in the studio today, uh, Adam May, Ben Walder, Matt Riley, and Josh Roberts. It's uh, Adam and Ben against Matt and Josh, and we'll start with Adam and Ben. Adam, we'll start with you. Okay, well, my sports story of this week is uh, came from this morning, actually, when Middlesbrough sacked their head coach, Ator Karanka. Uh, the side have now dropped into the Premier League relegation zone, haven't won a league game since December the 17th, and are three points from safety. Added to that, they've also only scored two league goals this calendar year. So in that re- retrospect, it's probably right that he's gone, but the, the five candidates that uh, the Daily Mirror have reported as being favourites to replace him aren't at all inspiring, to say the least. We have Nigel Pearson is the current favourite. Then it goes Alan Pardew, Roy Hodgson, Steve McLaren and Steve Agnew, the current uh, assistant. So uh, I think if you're a Middlesbrough fan, you wouldn't be too excited by that at all. But uh, interesting to see what everyone else thinks about uh, that sacking. They haven't been that inspiring this year. Uh, haven't really taken to the Premier League at all well. But, you know, it's, it's that whole thing. Who on earth are they going to bring in now? And whoever they bring in, are they really going to have the time to, to get them out of the drop zone? Yeah, I mean, it's a story. I mean, it's handy that we've got Middlesbrough at the weekend, so you expect some sort of reaction from a, uh, from a Borough point of view towards uh, the United match. But what do we make of uh, the short-term comings, really, of managers in the Premier League? I think the sackings have stacked up recently. It's not a surprise anymore, is it, when a manager goes? You, you, we've kind of become a bit sanitised to it, I think. But you just question how much time the, the new manager, that, whoever it is that comes in, can actually do with that team. Because it's not a great Premier League squad, really, let's face it. It's not one that you look at and you think they've got something about them to get themselves out of the position. And, you know, two goals this calendar year, that's, that's tough for fans to watch as well and to stomach paying all that money that Premier League tickets are and, and watching that. I mean, they, they gave a bit of a go in the FA Cup. I suppose, and lost to Manchester City. But, um, you know, it's just, what is the manager going to do in the next couple of months? Nothing you can do, really. I don't think they've got a poor squad. They're too poor. When your marquee signings are Valdez and Negredo, who haven't been good for about three years. I'm a fan of Negredo, but he's one of those mm. players that he's a bit hot and cold. I know yeah. he's a Man City fan, you've probably got different views to that. But... Well, he, he was very hit and miss during the year he spent with us. Very good first half for his season, then got a shoulder injury and couldn't hit the target for six months. He's one of those sort of players that won't play unless he's 100%, isn't he? Sort of, mm. he's a little Came bit from Valencia, didn't he? Yes. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. OK, Ben, biggest sports story of the week for you? I have gone with uh, England winning the Six Nations again, which, although anyone who's regularly listens to this show knows that rugby is not my sport. Yeah. I've decided to. I still decided to go for it because it is undoubtedly the biggest story of the week. Beating Scotland comfortably at the weekend on a Saturday was it? Saturday afternoon. Yeah. They meant it means they've got an unassailable eight-point lead ahead of second-place Ireland with one game of the uh, Six Nations to go. That game is of course against the Irish in Dublin this weekend. Yep. And uh, it's what I. It's just one of. I know we've won it. We started winning it a lot more last few years, haven't we? 
Uh, I mean, we won the Grand Slam last year, yeah. yeah. And having won, yeah, that's where, that, having won four already this year, you'd be hoping for another one again. Yeah, well, after, after this weekend. I mean, we've won 18 uh, games in a row, uh, which is uh, the joint world record with New Zealand. If we beat Ireland at the weekend, uh, we'll win 19 games in a row. I mean, people say, oh, we're as good as New Zealand. We're not, to be honest, uh, because New Zealand do play fewer games because there are fewer teams they play in the Southern Hemisphere compared to when we play in the Six Nations. So it, it really is uh, kind of sort of who, who dares wins really with, with us and New Zealand but uh, I think their, their quality is high it's nice to have a sporting success though isn't it yeah an English sporting success so we'll save that few one, and far between yeah. yeah I'll take it in whatever sport <laughs> <laughs> what, what are we make of England's chances in Ireland then at Dublin at the weekend you need, you need to ask a better band than me did you see the um about that. There we go. Yeah. There, there you go. go. Uh, did you see the Island Wales game? Uh, that was no. that yeah. was the best game I've seen in the Six Nations so far. Wales would. I don't know where they've been, but they 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 returned. Um, I think we can beat Ireland. I was I was uh, I was unsure last week before seeing the Wales Island game, but I think yeah we've got a good chance. The only thing is it's away from home. It's always a difficult place to go. I think it's always hard as well when you play Ireland. If Ireland have got something to prove after coming off the back of a defeat, Ireland, that's when Ireland are always at their strongest. So They are without Conor Murray, though. He's out injured for that three is weeks true. or something like that. I mean, it would be arguably one of the great, pretty the greatest Grand Slam I've ever seen. Uh, you are only 19, to be fair. I know, but we've, I think we've won two in, in sort of my lifetime but uh, Tim's which... a cultured man he's seen it all <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. before he was born he was still catching up on all the uh, sporting highlights just so we'd just so we could you know go yeah, off exactly. running right after the break we're gonna see uh, what Matt and Josh have for their biggest sports story of the week but now is uh, Stormzy been in the news recently for positive reasons uh, blinded by your grace this is in review live on Forge Radio the students we, we are Forge, Forge Radio, Radio. Hello and welcome back to In Review. We have had Adam and Ben's biggest sports stories of the week. We're now going to see what Matt and Josh have and we're going to start with Matt. So, like last week, it's another one from Brazil. This time it's about a guy called Bruno Fernandes, who was a goalkeeper and he was sentenced to 22 years in jail in 2010 for murdering his wife. Um, but he got released last month on legal technicality. He was tipped to be in the uh, 2014 World Cup, World Cup um, as the keeper, but obviously was in prison. But the news is he's rejoined a Brazilian side. They're called Boa Esporte, if I've pronounced that right, and they're in the second division. Um, he used to play for Flamengo, but um, all the sponsors are withdrawn in and withdrawing, and the people have been protesting. So I don't know how long he'll stay playing for them. But you for must that. have dig quite deep to get that. No, um, no. Very well known I just went on BBC Sport, I'll be honest. And I thought <laughs> I'll not... keep the uh, Brazilian theme going as long as I possibly it's not can. The, it's not the kind of story that they would ignore, is it? I'm not going to go into the well, detail. Well, no, but I mean, it's not, it's not, to be fair, it's not the kind of usual story that you normally hear. It's heavy is, going. Is it? So... Exactly. It's a, new, it's a unique selling point, as they say, in the world of business. Yeah. Trying to win the competition here, aren't I? So, I know. You know. Target niche. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Have you got any more detail on that, or is that is that it? No. Well, I could go into it's a bit gory, yeah. so I feel like we should. Uh... Well, it's a bit. It's all a bit post watershed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, it's an unusual story, and I think one I think that a lot of people 
once it gets out there, we'll we'll notice. Uh, Josh, what you got? For I've yours? got uh, from today actually. Uh, Jermaine Defoe is finally back into the England squad. As um, I think it's a long time coming because he has deserved to be in it for such a long time, and it's just it's just good news. I, th- I feel for me because I've, it'll be good to see if this news means that Gareth Southgate will actually be. A good manager or not? Because that's no, yet to be said. No, he will. He'll be fine. <laughs> Why are we putting players into the England squad who are not going to play in the World Cup? We need to build the squad. Can uh, we not yeah. build our team around Jermaine Defoe? Well, that's what Sunderland have been doing, and it's working very well for them. Uh, no, I think J- Jermaine Defoe being back into the England squad has been a long time coming, and um, and I'm glad to see that it finally has. I'm a fan of Defoe as, oh, a, f- as a former West Ham player. We ignore the Tottenham bit, but <laughs> the West Ham. <laughs> Uh, the thing is, I think with um, strikers that are playing for lower table clubs like Sunderland are and the goals that you score for them, most weeks he's coming up against defences that are, are better than the team that he's playing for and, and top quality players. So if he's scoring goals against them, he must be doing something right. And if he can do that, give him a shot at the international stage. You know, why not? Yeah, I mean, in perspective... Thanks for answering my question for me. In perspective, <laughs> you're going to look at that and you're going to think, would he get into any other top European squad first eleven? No. no, that's why he's playing no. for no. Sunderland. But <laughs> in proportion to what we've got, his goal ratio is one of the best. So that's the dilemma. I still think we should bring Francis Jeffers back. Of Everton and Accrington Stanley fame. I've heard of him, yeah. Yeah, he needs him. Do I know more about something than you? That's incredible, that, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Anyway, I- uh, difficult. it's a difficult one, to be honest. Uh, Defoe, yeah, been a long time coming, but I think we, we knew that. I'm a massive fan of rugby. When we play well. Glory so, on, I, knew, I always knew you were glory hunter. Someone's <laughs> been watching it since our Thanks that. So, uh, Ben and Adam get the points. They do take a 1-0 lead. Coming up after the break, uh, it's biggest sports moment of the week. But here is Me and Your Mama by Childish Gambino. We are in review live on Forge. The Forge Radio Facebook page and discover our latest events and opportunities to get involved. For the students, by the students. We are Forge Radio. Hello and welcome back to In Review. We are live on Forge Radio on your Thursday afternoon. Uh, it's currently 1-0 to Adam and Ben, who took England winning the Six Nations as biggest sports story of the week. We. We're now going to go to uh, Matt and uh, Josh to see what their biggest sports moment of the week is. Take it away, lads. Uh, so ours comes from um, the weekend with uh, Bradford Bulls Rugby League against Batley. Um, Ethan Ryan, uh, the winger for Bradford Bulls, scored an absolute monster of a try. Uh, it was first of all, it was like a well-worked um, team move where they went from like one side of the pitch to the other, and it looked like he was gonna, he looked like he was gonna drop it, um, but then he bent down, got got close to the floor, didn't drop it, was going for the corner, and then just did the most monstrous leap I think I've ever seen in my life. So if you look at it, and I mean I know this is great for me, but I'll try my best to describe it. Um, he starts and he just leaps through the air, leaps over a diving tackle, and one-handed just gets his gets the ball into the very very corner. I don't think he could be even more into the corner of the of uh, the try line and the um, and the touch line if you tried. And it was just all around amazing acrobatic skill and. Visionary nows. Oh, this is the downside of being on radio to an extent because the video, if you go on uh, 
Bradford Bulls. I, I Bradford will be... Bulls Twitter account. It, it's incredible. If you can imagine a pack of dolphins in the wild, <laughs> and you go. can imagine them diving up and then Atten, splashing back into the water, and that's what that was. It's what like, are you on about? I was wondering where you were going with that then, Tim. It's an incredible dolphins. try. Yeah. Have yeah, you seen the video? Yeah. No. It's not be, of course I haven't seen it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I've, I've, uh, if you follow at jrobjnl, then I'm just retweeting it. If you want, if you want to see it right now. Wow, subtle, <laughs> yeah. subtle little shout out. Yeah. Very modest. Though. I think we get the points for that. That was shame, shameless. Nah. Do they have a try of the year competition at the end? Because that's going to be up there. I think it will be up there. That'll be for the championship, definitely. The the, uh, the opposition players come in and he's. He's gone over them. Yeah, he's, he's jumped over them and managed to sort of nearly do a full, full on front flip in the corner under that amount of pressure, trying to not get back into touch. And then he still get, holds the ball, gets the ball down on the, on the floor. It's an incredible and this is, and try. This is a, and this is a championship rugby league player, so by no, mean, no means the biggest standard in the world, and he's still able to do that absolute magic. Well, I mean, it's, it's nice to see Bradford Balls get uh, publicised. That would probably be the only pu- publicised thing of the no, year. They're no Leeds Rhinos, are they? Let's be honest. <laughs> well, I'm right. Different interpretations. But no. any, a- anyway, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an astonishing try. You've got a lot to live up to, you two, after the break. We commend you. Uh, yeah, and after we the will. break, we will hear from Adam and Ben, their biggest sports moment of the week. But now is reminder by the weekend, this is In Review. Yeah. Hello and welcome back to In Review. It's currently uh, 1-0 to Adam and Ben. We, before the break, we heard what uh, M- Matt and Josh had to say, their biggest sports moment of the week. I did say, uh, Ben, over the break, an unassailable lead at 1-0. Unassailable lead. Well, the City found out against Monaco. Uh, what? <laughs> yes. lead, How have you spun that a, a into o- this? A lead over one well leg. Played, well I mean, it's not the best idea. Yes, but it, it was so. a two-goal lead. I know, but... It's a one-leg lead. Look, I did math, you didn't. All right. You went out, but anyway. Uh, right, we're going to hear from Adam You're and sixth. Ben. We're going to hear what Adam and Ben have got for their biggest sports moment of the week. So ours features a fantastic tackle from a certain Mats Hummels in the Bundesliga over the weekend. It was against Branimir Hagota, uh, who plays for Frankfurt um, at the weekend. And for those that haven't seen it yet, um, you should really go and check it out because it's a fantastic last-ditch tackle and one that he had no right in making. Uh, so Hagota takes it around Neuer, who admittedly is poor keeping from him. And then Hummels comes flying out of nowhere, stretches with his left foot and turns it around the post. It's a magnificent bit of defending, proper tackle, and one that you don't really see a lot anymore. And, you know, he had no right to make it whatsoever. What I like is just how, just how quickly he gets to... Because who's, who's on the ball? Agota. Yeah. He just he's so far out in front of the buying defence. He's been they've been completely taken out by a through ball. And almost just he, he just catches up so quickly. Because it was a good and run he's as so, well. Initially. He's so composed because he's because what's his name? What the striker? Yes. Agota. He's basically got an open goal and almost just keeps himself composed. It was gets eight, it clearly around the post. Eight yards Fantastic. out. Fantastic. Well, near enough an open goal for him. And then Hummels comes flying out. I'm, lo- I'm, I'm loving this Bundesliga knowledge here. So th- it's that it's th- that kind of tackle that means Hummels is going to sign for City in the summer. Is it? Yep. Potentially, yeah. I don't know. We'll find Never out. Never play again. I mean, you need defenders. What? I'll put it that way. But you're sixth. But you, you still Phil need Jones is second choice for your team. Imagine. I know. But imagine we, we being need defenders in that as situation. Well, but we need defenders as well. You need several. 
I Sorry, because you've got Eric Bailly. Exactly, yeah. Eric Bailly, we get into your first eleven easily. But this anyway, we turned him down. On uh, Bayern Munich, uh, they're into the Champions League uh, quarterfinals after they dispatched a woeful Arsenal, to be honest. Uh, how do you think they'll get on in the Champions League? I know it's a bit off-topic, but uh, with the likes of Matt Hummels, I think Barcelona are the favourites, and then Real Madrid and Bayern are second joint favourites. So how do you think that'll pan out? I'd put Real ahead of Barca. Yeah, me too. I agree with that one. What with, mm, what, with, sure. what with MVK being incompetent, you know, as a manager? Well, it is his last year, but with Bayern Munich, they've got Carlo Ancelotti as manager. How do you think they'll progress? I mean, I think they could get it. Leicester. I think they'll win it. I'd, I'd trust Ancelotti. I wouldn't want any other manager apart from him. He's a fantastic manager, one of the world's best. And, you know, their squad, while it's ageing slightly, it's got plenty of experience. And I think just enough to, to push him over the line. Barcelona... Front three, fantastic. Midfield is, you know, is okay. It needs a little bit of livening up. Um, and I, I don't know. I just don't really trust them defensively. And yeah, they, they lost after uh, the Paris Saint Germain win. So Bayern Munich to win. Heard it here first. Great. I mean, in terms of the points of that round, uh, I've got to say, although Matt Hamill's tackle, yeah. A lot of centre-backs can do that. But that Bradford Bulls try was unbelievable. So it's going to be one all. Uh, Matt and Josh get the points. After the break, it's rant of the week. But now here is Black Magic. Oh, hello. Welcome back to In Review. We are live and full journey. That took me by a bit surprised. Oh, hello. That. Yeah, hello. Uh, this is uh, rant of the week. It's currently uh, one all after Matt and Josh levelled up, levelled it up in the last round uh, as Bradford Bulls' try one uh, biggest sports uh, moment of the week. Uh, now we come into rant of the week, as I said, and we're going to start with Adam and Ben. What you got, lads? Uh, in light of the uh, Arsenal-Lincoln game at the weekend, our rant is actually what happened before it. The uh, Wenger out protest. In, uh, Get in touch. Tweet us at Forge Radio. Is my rant not good enough? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think the uh, the system doesn't like you, Ben. But anyway, I would I, I don't blame it. Just ready for it all to explode on social media now. You've mentioned Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, right. Here we go. What we got then? Uh, yeah, so it's the fan protest outside the Emirates. My fit. Yeah, and you just. I mean, it was it wasn't as big as promised, but it was still fairly sizable. And <laughs> it's just it, our rant basically is stupid fan protest like that. And sometimes they're justified, like Coventry City protesting against their owners is fair enough. The CSU owners, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know, protesting against Wenger, he's probably going to go this summer anyway. Just, you know, have a bit of a respect, but have a bit of respect for the man who's won them, you know, as many trophies. But when you've seen a stat like Leicester have got to the quarterfinals of the Champions League in one year, whereas Arsenal haven't done that in the last seven years, do you see the point that Arsenal fans get that... Yeah, but the, the, if he's going in the summer anyway, why not just you know let him leave with some grace rather than treating a man who's won who's won them as much as he probably could have done. It's also the the way that the one of the banners in particular was written. It had Vexit written yeah. on it, which I think is you know atrocious. I, I haven't seen that. It happened. Yeah. Vexit. Vexit. Yeah. yeah. Or like W E. X. A hard Vexit or a soft Vexit? A red, white and blue Vexit. Vexit means Vexit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think a group of fans has raised £2,000, that was the last figure I saw anyway, uh, to fly a banner over the stadium. Really nice. game, so. I think that, that, that's where you get a, a limit and that, that's the cliff edge really for, for, yeah. for me personally. You have, what, like that Moyes Out banner? 
That was pretty good. I like that one. Yeah, well... Can we I have mean, it again? We, we won that game, actually, against Villa, so it wasn't... It was oh, right, oh, right. performance on that day, so it wasn't... Did, uh, but, did no, my, I mean, how much longer did I, my I've series job? I've never liked plain banners anyway, but uh, I get what you mean by that. I think some of the protests are valid, but some of them like that. I, I do get what you mean, because he's done a lot for the club. I don't know what's worse, uh, paying two grand for a banner or writing Vexit in Byro. <laughs> I was, I was about to say, <laughs> sitting there and scribbling in the double. I was about to say, paying two grand for a banner or paying two grand for an Arsenal season ticket, but that's... Valid that's, point. That's anyway. Yeah, that's but, uh, I'd rather pay two grand for the banner. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. <laughs> All right, Matt and Josh, what you got for your rant of the week? Okay, so it's around my club, Derby County. They sacked Steve McLaren, which I think a lot of people are on the fence about. Um, loads of people agree with it. Loads of people disagree with it. I personally disagree with it. I don't think he should have been sacked. And I think it incorporates kind of the feel of how little time managers get these days before they just get, get sacked. You know, I think you've got to be a special breed to be a manager and realise when you take up uh, a role as a manager, it's so easily, you know, you're out of it within five, six months. But Derby have gone through four or five managers in a season. Um, McLaren came in when we were around relegation. He came in to get us out of relegation away from that battle and he did we're in like 10th or 12th now and we, we had a really good run but um, it's the squad it's not the managers that's the problem with Derby our squad is not good enough to get us into the playoffs and to get us promoted anymore they peaked under McLaren in 2013-2014 season we have maybe three or four good enough players who could do it Hughes uh, maybe Johnson that's about it so I, I don't think he should have been sacked I'm looking forward to seeing what the route can do. But Nothing. Yeah, I, I'm very sceptical about that. I think it's bizarre to get rid of McLaren when he, he's come in to get them out of relegation and away from it, and he's done exactly what, he, it, what was asked of him. Do you think he should have been given a summer transfer window to try and sort out the squad, or do you think he still... Yeah, because I think that was, that was what his mistake was. He signed Nugent from Middlesbrough in the, and um, someone else from Middlesbrough on loan, which were just appalling signings. So I think he realised that's a mistake, and I think if he had had the summer to buy more players, um, maybe maybe we'd do better next season. But you know, I just I just don't really know why he's been sacked. It's our, our chairman gets far too involved, Mal Morris, but um, he puts the money in the club. I so. think maybe the reason he was sacked that was because just like Paul Clement, he doesn't understand the Derby way. What is the Derby <laughs> way? That's, the Derby way. That's is no one knows. Mal, Mal you've got, Morris's you've got five way. seconds. <laughs> Uh, yeah, anyway, that's my run. OK, yeah, I, I do get that. I mean, it, it's a debate, really, on, on football fans uh, in general protesting against clubs going over the limit and managerial seconds. I do agree with the protest thing, though. So, Adam and Ben... Have we got another unassailable lead? Two yes, ones. get right. in. Here we go, leaving you behind by Clean Cut Kid. Your favourite shows at Forge Radio and follow us for updates straight from the studio. This is Forge Radio, your university soundtrack. Hello and welcome back to In Review. We're now into the last part of the uh, show. Two rounds of Defend the Indefensible. Uh, we all know what that's about. It's currently 2-1 uh, to Adam and Ben. Uh, as we said, the unassailable lead... Uh, that will continue. That will continue. We'll see about that. Right. We're going to start with you, Adam. Uh, as you know, uh, we both come from Essex. I'm sort of more sort of towards London. And my local club, Leighton Orient, are in a bit of bother. They've got a high court uh, meeting on March the 20th. Uh, Francesco Bacchetti came into the club. Uh, Barry Hearn sold it to uh, uh, the Italian uh, bloke who I can say a lot about and I have said a lot about. So uh, read up on that. 
Uh, it's not pretty. Uh, but Francesco Bacchetti, you're defending the indefensible. Francesco Bacchetti has been a great owner for Leighton Orient. And be kind here. Kind. Well, I'll do my best here. Yeah. All I can say is that football without controversy is boring. So he's given a bit of spice uh, to, to that league, a bit of spice to Leighton Orient in the local area, and he's given the fans the opportunity and the platform to have a say in the future of their club. Uh, which, while it looks pretty bleak, at least the fans can, you know, try and put a word in and uh, maybe raise some funds and try and sort the, the problem out. It is a huge mess, um, but I'm sure you'd be thankful that you've got something to talk about instead of the dire results. But do you want me to brush over that or not? Is that allowed? If you want, you've got a bit. It yeah. stops people from talking about the results, doesn't it? Yeah. Now just mean, focus on something else. I mean, they have been bad results. <laughs> I mean, the Accrington Stanley result of the weekend was a 5-0 Who defeat. Who are they? Who scored from one of their, <laughs> one of their players, I think <laughs> McKenzie has scored, scored from the halfway line. Yeah. And uh, let Orient have a chance to actually send a bit of a message out to other foreign owners that, you know, you can't walk over a club and, and ruin the history and, and the family feel that comes with those clubs. So it could start a precedent. Who knows? Could be Chelmsford against Leighton Orient next year, you never know. I hope it is. That'll be a good one. That's the clarity. See you there. Will do. All right, there you go. All uh, right, Josh, uh, our local team, uh, our local rugby team, Sheffield Eagles, uh, uh, have how have they been getting on recently? I mean, they're not uh, up to mid, the standard. Mid-table mid championship yeah, area. But can, you compare them to the likes of Wigan Warriors and there is a big gap, so this is just uh, simply that... that Sheffield Eagles will beat the Wigan Warriors if they play each other next? Well, the Sheffield, last time Sheffield Eagles and uh, Wigan played each other was in the 1998 Challenge Cup final, and Sheffield won that. So if they came, okay, if they came against Wigan again, they'll be like, ooh, Egan, let's, let's do it again, lads, let's do it again. We're going we're gonna to beat them just like we did in the 1998 Challenge Cup final. And <laughs> um, Sheffield Eagles now have, as their strength and conditioning coach, none other than the legend that is... Um, Keith Senior, so and he has taken apart the Wigan, sen- the Wigan centres on many occasions. So I think that the the centres for the Sheffield Eagles will know what to do and how to play against that Wig- that Wigan backline. So they will be able to beat them at least sixteen four. I'm going for. I think that was one of Wigan's most embarrassing defeats in their history. That. I think that it, it, was, it, was, it was outlined. <laughs> no, that? actually, no. The Wigan's most defi- embarrassing defeats ever was when they lost to my team, St. Helens, 75 0. That's the most. That, that's not that. That's, that's not, not great, great, Well, yeah, I, I once had to take positives out of our uh, school uh, rugby <laughs> match report when we lost 75 0 to a school called Campion, a really good school in our area, uh, in the fifth round of the National Cup. Okay, uh, after the break, we're going to hear what Ben and uh, Matt defend the indefensible is and how they get on with that. Can Matt and Josh level it up to 2-2 or will Ben and Adam win? But here is Sucker by the Big Moon. You're listening to Ford Radio. Hello and welcome back to In Review. This is the last part of the show. Uh, we're going to go with Ben and Matt for their Defend the Indefensibles. And we're going to start with Ben, uh, who you watch a fair bit of cricket, don't you? It would appear so. Yeah, so uh, the Ashes this winter back in Australia. Yes. Back to see if we can avenge that 5-0 defeat uh, that we had. Uh, I mean, in fairness, we did, we did win the last Ashes. We did, but we haven't won there since 2011, I think it is. Something like that. But anyway, your defending indefensible is that the Ashes should be scrapped. Well, I mean, it's a very outdated concept in sporting terms, with the first tournament being in uh, 19, uh, not 19, 1882. And you just, you just think, you know... Maybe after what 130, 140 years, shouldn't we try and have a 
you know, consistent test series against another country, maybe India or Pakistan, rather than, you know, keep going with Australia. It's it, Now would be the prime time to stop it, really, because we've each won 32 of the, each won 32 of the uh, tournaments. Seems fair enough. We're both very evenly matched, you know, over history. Why not just stop it? Why not just call it a day now? And start do it. Start playing test series against other countries, and just let this rivalry lie. Just you know, just let it creep. Just let it fall into the history books, be consigned to the archives, and let dust gather over the trophy. Or oh, ash. <laughs> yeah. Or oh, ash. Yeah. Oh, good. the irony of that. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Anyway, uh, Matt. Uh, big match this weekend. Uh, big derby. Forest against derby. I know. Uh, we know that you're the big Derby fan. Sam's the uh, Sam Straw's the big Forest fan. Uh, I can guess you've had a fair bit of debate around this already. But uh, your defending indefensible is that Nottingham Forest are a bigger and a better club than Derby and will always be. Ha! They are, and they will prove it this weekend when they beat us at their own ground. Firstly, attendance. They get even though Derby get more more people attending, they're not real fans. Derby put on loads of promotions. They give out loads of free tickets to school kids and businesses. And people turn up, but they have no idea who's playing, whereas the real fans are at Forest, the Reds. Um, <laughs> they have the attendance record from 1967 when they beat Manchester United 3-1. And they had 49,946 people. They've got better support. They're always really loud when they come to uh, Pride Park. And their trophy cabinet, well, it, it wins the argument here. They've got 19 major trophies, including two European Cups, Whereas Derby have something like nine, no European Cups. And Forest Academy is quality, as we have seen this week, as Wes Morgan helped Leicester get through to the next round of the Champions League. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Champions League. I shouldn't have mentioned that, should I? Uh, so, yeah, Saturday, I'm afraid we're probably going to lose. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the overall point, uh, the Ashes argument, I do <laughs> get that. Because at the end of the day, I think that we need to go to India... And we need to go to Pakistan, we need to go to the West Indies, we need a five-match test series, we need a, a crowd of 100,000 people that you get or that you get somewhere else in Australia. Really it, would be right. it would be fantastic. You got a bit of a fever, though. That'd be all right. It'd be fantastic to see uh, massive crowds in the West Indies or, or in, in other countries. And I do think that the uh, debate around 32 each as well, leave it there. Surely you need a winner. After, yeah, no, li leave it there after we've won this. <laughs> after we've won this. <laughs> so we go 32 and we leave it there. But what if we don't win this one? Do we just keep going until we Do we, we just keep are, going until we're ahead and then say, yeah, let's call it now? No, we... Well... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's fair. But uh, I mean, if we look at if we look at the Ashes coming up, it's going to be a great, great tournament. And uh, no, it isn't. We're going to lose. Well, the, problem, the the thing is that as well, the final reason why I'm giving you the points in this is because Australia do have a, a spinner called a Keith, and he has uh, been very, very good in India. And given our inability to play spin. Uh, I do think that uh, it would be... Uh, well, that's the reason to scrap a 140-year-old <laughs> tournament. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, without a doubt. One bowler. And for that, you and Adam get the win. 3-1. The unassailable lead is finally an unassailable lead. Oosh. There Didn't you go. if we lost it now after the right. show finished. The podcast <laughs> should be on the Full Sport website uh, whenever. I've been Tim Adams. Thanks for watching. and Sorry, thanks for listening. And until next time, goodbye. <laughs>